Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon once again and welcome to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pamela Bentley. We are your co-hosts for this afternoon's show, and we have in studio, oh, so excited. I thought you, they had been on our show before, but it's their debut here. We have Rabbit Richards in studio. Hi. Hi, nice to have you here. Thank you. Uh, are you enjoying your visit? You're in from Montreal. I am loving Vancouver. Fantastic. So we'll get you to kick things off with a poem, please. If I could just get cleaner... Or higher, either would be better. Altered consciousness implies sacrifice. I'm willing to be the forgiven. I can say no if I want to. I say no all the time. Once I forgot how to say yes, and then worried my no was meaningless. I don't necessarily mean no, but it's probably best you treat it that way. Snow slush afternoons are how I greet the morning. Fantastic lunches are an excuse to focus on anything else. The cookbook won't even be a draft until 2018. The Instagram photos are ready now. Valencia is a lovely filter for a Monte Cristo sandwich. If I were just a little taller, or thinner, no point wishing for shorter, or fatter, no one wants those things, no one wants me, wait. I woke up wanted. But only in one state, and I live in Canada now, that's a lie. I'm wanted in two states, but not for anything serious. If I could just be calmer, softer, I know why people leave. I'm the rocky shore you drag your boat up on after months of unrelenting saltwater odyssey. But when you've caught your breath, you'll find you need grounding. Climb for fecund earth, somewhere hospitable where seeds could grow. Luckily, there is no lighthouse, or no one would ever lay in a fire, not even one made of their own broken hulls. But I am never soft, not ever by accident, only a little high, slightly short, never calm. You sound pretty calm to me. <laughs> Usually. Are you calm? No. <laughs> never. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Good. I'm pretty I'm good. This is fun. Hey, what did you mean by altered... Uh, consciousness requires sacrifice. Mm. Well, you've got to give something up in order to have a change. And even if it's just temporary, you're giving up some piece of what you were identifying yourself as or with in order to change that. Yeah, so if you're high, you are saying, okay, if I'm a person who takes care of things 
and I choose to get high in this moment, I'm no longer going to be able, able or available to be that person who takes care of things. Or the other way, mm-hmm. if, if that's your proper medication, then altering your consciousness implies that you're sacrificing the part of you that doesn't do the things. But right. that can be comforting, too. If you know yourself as someone who is always flighty or can't finish something and that's your, your, your work-a-day excuse, mm-hmm. and now you've changed that, you still have to give something up. It might not be something you want. Um, I guess I'm curious about the word sacrifice, because mm. um, as opposed to, yeah, you know, giving something up or something changing, sure. Uh, but sa- I guess the word sacrifice, why the word sacrifice? Because to me, that comes with all sorts of um, other like religious connotations mm-hmm. as well, as opposed mm-hmm, to just for sure. al- altering. It. Yeah, because there's a lot in, I, want, I don't want to say doctrine but like in in the practice of religion a lot of that is around changing the way that you approach yourself Mm -hmm. or changing your consciousness or looking for a new way to see the world and I think in my experience a lot of people who are looking to feel different in themselves I don't see a huge difference between the practice of religion and perhaps the use of substances or perhaps meditation that is not religious in nature but those things all still make a difference in the way that your brain is perceiving the world and how you are perceived afterward some of them may have a uh, like a moral implication to other people Mm -hmm. but i definitely think that that that's accurate that there's a a religious element to that for sure yeah i mean i think i haven't done any uh i've only done drug like hashish once um when i was in amsterdam but i've i've used a lot of alcohol and i think um if you're doing it it depends what kind of intention you've got around like you know if you're just going and drinking Mm -hmm. and drinking and drinking Mm -hmm. or if you use it as a ritual perhaps there's a different experience there can be a different experience in that usage Mm -hmm. sure and i mean the next line is i'm willing to be the forgiven if you're Mm -hmm. if you're in a position to supplicate, then you must be willing to receive. If you're mm. if you're in a position to give, then you have to be open to someone saying no. There's always an exchange, right? So even if the if the implication is sacrifice, but then what was your offering for, and what do you get out of it afterward? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading about. Uh, I've been reading this book. It's called God Is a Verb. And it's about Kabbalah, mystic and Jewish mysticism, mm-hmm. and the and and it's and the idea that the giver and the receiver are the exact same thing at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's a line I was reading something about it last night when this about this person crying out for God and crying out for God and believing that they had, were never getting the response. And then they said in the story they they asked their rabbi, "Oh, you know, why isn't God receiving me?" And they stopped praying to the stopped praying to God, and then. Um, they, they were like that your your question your your prayer is God answering you back at the same oh. time that sounds a oh. lot like the principles of Tantra and Tantric massage mm. you're, the reason that it can be so energizing is because whatever I'm giving to the person that I'm touching I'm receiving as touch it's a similar yeah, you a can't similar, just touch somebody without having the sensation of there's touch there's no such thing right? as a casual touch yeah yeah yeah, and a lot of it was overlapping. Like it rem- reminded me, it's reminding me of Buddhism and Taoism mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff too. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been pretty cool. I think it's important to me personally too to, I guess in a way, elevate the use of substances 
in the same way that I want to sort of bring religion down just a notch, just a hair for myself. Um, I have a lot of judgment internally bound up around those things. And this poem was definitely a piece of me working that out a little. Mm. Yeah. Hi, Pam. Hi. Hi I'm here. Going? I'm just listening. Yeah, you've been, you've been pretty busy. Uh, Rabbit is in town. Uh, That's right. Uh, they were part of the Hullabaloo, which is part of the Versus Festival of Words. And you, Pam, are the managing director right. of Versus. And, uh, it's nice to come over and be on the radio because I missed it last week. But I did listen. Yeah. It was great. Kai Kalo. Kai Kalo. Yeah. Kalo. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I heard some of it and I could hear you guys were having a really great conversation. I thought, you know what? I'm kind of glad I'm not there because I don't know. I thought it was really good. You, you got into a flow. So today maybe I'll, you know, I'll jump in when I've got something. But I would, I mean, and Rabbit is also staying with me too. So I'm You're been in lots of conversation lot. <laughs> with her. So, um, But I would love to hear another poem. Sure. Yeah. Well then. Well then. <laughs> well then. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was composed to music. Um, and I've had the privilege of having it performed with live music, which has been really interesting. So I'm just going to have you imagine that you hear the ocean behind this. You need us to do the ocean? I mean, you could. You want just waves? Sure, (laughs) that'd be fun. Chat a little bit and I'll try and find some. How did it come to the the situation where you had music? Mm -hmm. Was it part of the community thing? No. Um, So I, um, I had an album recommended to me by another poet friend. Um, the artist's name is Keaton Henson. Um, I have no idea whether this person is new or not because I don't like know things. I just get recommendations and then assume that this is a brand new thing to me. Um, so it's entirely possible that this person is super famous. Like, I have I, no well, idea. I haven't heard of them. So I have I no idea. That doesn't mean um, they're not famous, but I but they, <laughs> uh, But they did a... Yeah, I can. That's lovely. They did uh, a song called Elevator Song, and it's just this really airy, spacious sound. Um, And it just put me in mind of the ocean so hard. And I'm from New York originally, so I have a fairly intimate connection to the ocean. Um, And then this poem happened. I think about you like remembering the seventh wave. Salt burn in my nose and cold soundscape. I remember you like finding abandoned rail tracks. It's not actually too late, but I've already taken off my bra, so (laughs) sleep well. (laughs) Think of me like your too thin afternoon shadow like singing in someone else's shower, like the warm ounce of beer at the bottom of the bottle. Remember me like watching sparrows on the deck railing, like your dead cat's luminous eyes, like spilled coffee grounds. It's really too late, and you don't know how to catch an egg. I've learned how to sleep without you now, but I think about you. Are there any other sounds later on you want for your poems? We can find some. <laughs> I'm thinking I should start like putting sounds behind every poem, good. right? Doesn't that feel good? Yeah, just put the sound of... Because you know what I often do is when I'm in a place and I like the sound of it, 
Plaza Blanca in New Mexico, my aunt's house in Texas. I just make recordings on my phone. Just I like of ambient noise? Mm-hmm. And then I listen to them when I want to be in that place. Wow. And then sometimes I write, you know, poems that are said in that place. So I should, you know, I just... Oh, man. I just had this, like, regret that I don't have the sound of my mother's kitchen. Mm. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. I might have to ask her to make a recording and send it to me. Mm-hmm. This is the digital age. I don't have to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> You can choose to suffer, but, you know, you don't have to. Facts. <laughs> um, was that a new poem? Uh, new-ish. Okay, new-ish. because speaking of my aunt, you know, that's that thing, right? Um, the last time you stayed with me, because anybody stays more than a couple of days, they end up hearing me say this, right? My aunt, and at the end of the day, when, you know, you've been doing things and then you're home, you're not going anywhere, it's too late, yeah. she'll say, why do we still have our bras on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we take them off and that indicates that's the end of the Yeah, time. I'm not going and out again. We don't again. have to be public No, if anymore. I'm taking the bra off, I'm not putting it back on. That's not negotiable. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that the other day. I don't <laughs> Was exactly. I? I don't even remember. It's true. <laughs> but it's, it's true. so accurate. I'm not doing I that again. I do the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, where was it? I can't remember where. And that then we take if you're wearing a bodice, and you, uh, this comes from Shanna Alden, who another poet who stayed with me when they were in town to uh, to perform at the Slam. Said I had a bodice on, and I took it off, and I was like, oh. She said, oh, you had an out of bodice experience. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I like that. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's hear another one. Yeah. Oh, Some goodness. cooking kitchen sounds. Kitchen sounds. Oh, no. I'll have to do the mom poem. Oh, no. Maybe I'll find some cooking. No, no. <laughs> Actually, you know what's? Somebody asked me what one of my, like, for favorite sounds. Yeah. And right away I thought of, you know, this sound when you, if you've got the cast iron pan really, really hot. Mm-hmm. When you go to add eggs mm-hmm. and it does that, like there's the sizzle mm-hmm. of like the protein sound, but there's also that liquid bubbling mm-hmm. sound. And I was yeah, just like, yeah. that's a good sound. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to find it. Are you looking for egg sounds now? That's hilarious. <laughs> so many sounds. So I'm going to say while uh, you both are looking for things, <laughs> there it is, that you are listening to Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM, CFRO. And our guest today is Rabbit Richards. Okay, I'm I'm scanning quickly because I don't remember all of what this, this I mean, I don't not remember the poem, but I'm just like, are there words? Well, but if I there might be words, fine. you know, it's the middle of the afternoon and there may be a little bit of strong language, so be prepared. It's art. Rumi said he would meet me out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing. I want to see that place in the smooth between your brows where worry and fear have echoed each other for decades, etching crevices. Be proud of me, Mommy. I'm 32 years old and I haven't killed myself yet. I don't know who I'm going to be next year, but I hate that I keep making that choice based on your frigid telephone silence, vibrating disappointment, disapproval. I know you don't like it, Mother. I haven't forgotten. But I can't untattoo my skin, or unlove a man, or undrink a beer. I can't unkick an ass, or unsex a stranger, or unmove to another country. I am becoming like some post-adolescent nightmare. My bones are still knitting. I'm ready. I've boiled the water. I just haven't decided what kind of tea to make. You were my hero, my exemplar, my home base, and my starting pistol. 
You gave me the first lens through which my newborn eyes might see the world, but I wear glasses now. Other people have been here, have pointed out what I couldn't see because your prism became my paradigm. Be proud of me, Mommy. I can see more things now. I know how to hang a painting and how to save a life, and my rice is fluffy and my biscuits are consistent. I am as domestically sound as ever you hoped. Martha Stewart and Doc Martens. Mm -hmm. The broken homes and broken bones are just collateral damage, practical magic for a statistically improbable future. But you can't hate my life and still love me. You can't separate me from my sins you'll have discussed for at least one of us. I know your love will always be conditional, but the conditions have changed. Be proud of me, Mommy. I'm going to be stronger now. I'm not leaving you forever. I'm just growing up. Lawrence said he never saw a wild thing sorry for itself. I wanted to be that for you. I would have fallen frozen dead from a bough to be your little bird. Be proud of me, Mommy. I can take care of myself. I am alone and broken and weak and scared, and sometimes I tell people I've eaten when I haven't, because they know you, and if you knew, you'd worry. But poverty is not death. I'm so much more afraid of soullessness. Whatever I choose to become has nothing on what life will make of me, but being angry at the knife never helped heal the cut, and butchery, mm. too, is a skill. When I am old, I want to believe I am the person you hoped to befriend when you were eleven, playing with dolls and wondering who your daughter would be. I love the line about um, the conditions have changed. The love's being unconditional, but the conditions have changed. And yeah. the knife line there. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I, I like them, too. <laughs> <laughs> I picked them on purpose. Yeah. So is there a place for anger in healing? Oh. Or is there a point Doesn't where you have, have to, to let be? it go before you can actually heal? Oh, but I don't think that's exclusive. I think, well, I mean, so I, I have a bit of a background in um, traditional Chinese medicine. So there's, um, there's a unnecessary anger for growth. Um, the element of wood is associated with the emotion of anger and that like upward thrust. And if if you're not angry enough, you don't grow. If you don't if you don't have something pushing you, um, so I I don't think that anger is necessarily a bad emotion mm -hmm. having said that i also don't express or even pretend to have <coughs> anger most of the time um it's definitely something i'm working on my ex-therapist would really like me to work on it i got <laughs> mad and didn't go back mm. <laughs> um so i definitely it's definitely something i struggle with um but i don't think that a proper arc of growth will happen if you don't get mad at something it might not be always the healthiest thing but to burst out of something that was holding you back kind of thing. yeah if if there's if there's something sufficiently restrictive for you to get angry to get out of it yeah. yeah i think it also sometimes fuels us to push for justice in a way that we might not have the fuel to do without that kind of not righteous anger but just sort of placed well placed mm -hmm. well focused and then using it as a way to transmute that into yeah yeah. yeah, but I, apparently I was an angry child. I don't remember oh, I that. Too. I don't remember being no, but like little, little, like two and three. Yeah, my 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 mother. I remember her telling me that I was angry, and I remember not really believing her. Hmm. But apparently, my nose flares 
Like I can control everything. That's that's the tell. Is <laughs> like my nose just starts going without me, and everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> Um, I wanted to, uh, you know, you have a background in improv. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how that has affected your writing and or performance with spoken word. Mm. Yeah. And can you talk about community I can. in that context? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, that's most of my improv life. Um, so the Community Vibe Collective is a project in Montreal, um, founded in Montreal. Um, and it's it's really exciting to be a part of a group of people who want to make art together, but because it's improv, it's on the spot. And that combination can lead to some really fertile territory. And I'm not always a hundred percent happy with the result of my own work in that moment. Um, but it often gives me a really great jumping off point. And as far as the show is concerned in that moment, it usually works really well because mm-hmm. the energy is there in that moment. Then I hear the recording later and I go, no, I don't like any of those words. But at the time it yeah. worked. So the whole show is improv. Like is there, mm-hmm. there's a band jam. And then it's the- a full, it's a live band. Um, and selected vocalists are booked on any given night, but anybody that's a member of community is welcome to come through and that we just make room on the stage for more people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the vocalist, vocalists will be in a corner together so that we can sort of huddle up and and interact with each other um more often than not the music starts first but that's not a strict rule we do vocal start as well Mm -hmm. um someone comes with an idea i mean we all try to come with ideas but for one track someone starts and then we build from there um and there's a lot of sort of quick thinking involved because the idea is not to have a jam session okay the idea is not to have that loose free form sort of thing, but to make it so that if you come to the show, you pay your ticket, you sit down, it feels like finished tracks. Okay. Yeah. So we want to close it within a reasonable amount of time. We want end caps. We want a hook and a chorus and not necessarily in every track the same format. In fact, it's a better show if it the more it varies. Yeah. Um, but the idea is for it to feel finished and that pressure also leads to some really interesting things. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And how long has it been going on? Oh, it's more than 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been there for about two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neat. So where are you going from here? Uh, When I leave here, I'll be going to Edmonton. I'm going to do a week of workshops and showcases and spoken word. And I'm going to be talking a lot with poets and other persons of color in Edmonton. I've heard that it's a very white place, but I'm currently (laughs) in Vancouver. So, I mean... I'm waiting for it to impress me, but it's pretty white here too. Yeah, yeah well, that's what when we the Black Lives Matter showcase, they said the statistic is 05 percent. Oh, that doesn't feel like a lie at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you like about working, uh, doing workshops? Ooh, um, I learn so much more than anyone that comes to my workshop. Is that is that underselling myself? I don't know. I I find it so exciting to hear what other people are doing and how they're how they're. Ugh, only French words are coming to my mind in this Say it moment. in French. Just how they work with their circumstances is is basically where I'm where I'm headed with it. it. It's because I'm touring, so I'm getting to see who comes to the workshop in this city and then who comes to the same workshop in another city. And so I'm, you know, sort of magpieing all of these best practices from different places. And then by the time I get back home, I have this like incredible toolkit. Um, and then the next time I go on tour, I get to redistribute again. Mm-hmm. And so I found it really rewarding to know that like 
everywhere I've been, I've picked up a thing, I've dropped off a thing. It feels really satisfying. Uh, so we're almost out of time. So let's get another poem from you before sure. we are out of time. Sure. We've got no apologies necessary uh, coming <laughs> up at the bottom of the hour. With uh, I think Kenan's here today. Yeah, I see oh, him. Kenan's in the in the in the hall there waiting for us. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting. Hi, Kenan. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I don't talk so good. Sometimes I don't talk at all. Parfois je parle en français para que mi gente no me entiende. There are days when I get excited and the words tumble out of my mouth all running horses and rushing rivers. There are days when the words get excited but get trapped behind my teeth. I hold them in. I swallow them. Sometimes I don't talk so good. People want such definite answers. I don't speak surety, confidence. I don't speak certainty in concrete terms. Most days I barely speak English. The good guys want to hear yes, shouted in ecstasy before they even touch you, as if enthusiastic consent could exist in a culture in which we are taught that no hurts feelings and rejection is man's greatest fear. Sometimes I don't talk so good. Sometimes I'm pretty sure my body is less important than your feelings. Mm. Those times I don't talk at all. When my sister was born, I used to listen to the sound of her cries and the sound of her screams and wonder what her voice was going to sound like. Because the sound of your desperation when all you have is pain is not the sound of your voice. I am only just learning the sound of my own voice. Sometimes I talk and no one listens. Vorrei ringraziarvi per avermi ascoltato. A te sagan govuera te chere chevendom squirmos Sometimes it doesn't matter how eloquently I express that everyone's cause of death is myocardial infarction. Because it's not really death until your heart stops beating and it doesn't matter if it stops beating in your chest or in your throat or in your mouth. So sometimes... <laughs> Oh, that's right. You end with that silence. That's right. You mm-hmm. like using silence in your poems and in your when you're on stage. Yes, very much. Does very that poem much. is that poem kind of explain why? Is that sort of your in a lot of ways? Yeah, but also um, as a as a tool, I find it really useful to give audiences space to breathe and an opportunity to think in between lines. Definitely. Um, I I find that I am more effective when I am using the brains of the people who are listening to me and trusting that they're in this with me and they want to think about what I'm saying. And I have to have a, a certain confidence that what I'm saying is worth the, the, the speculation. Um, mm. But also, I feel like that rapid-fire delivery is useful as a tool, mm-hmm. but my, my usual pace is to give room. Smart. Mm. Um, so let's quickly uh, you, I mean, basically talk about announcements as far as events through verses yeah the body is not an apology is tonight at the cult at seven o'clock uh sonia renee taylor whose poem launched that movement and the website the body is not an apology and denise jolly very good friend they're very good friends so it's always good to see friends on stage kind of we saw that last night at the show um so that's interesting and then q is uh a local poet q is um, opening for them with a few pieces um, but I want to say because I was talking to Sanera Geisler uh, last night and she said you got to say right out it's fat acceptance like because if you talk about body image and body love and self love 
the people who are waiting to hear if it's like fat acceptance, fat positive. Yeah. So I'm saying it. It's fat positive. It's and fat it's acceptance. It's fat fat tabulous. It's going to be fat tabulous. I like that. Well, that uh, thanks to Satara who came up with that. Satare who came up with that last night. So that's tonight. And then after that, across the alley from the cult and at Mashed Poetics is happening at the Wise Hall, and uh, it is Spice by the Spice Girls. Yes. Do you want to say anything more about that, RZ? Uh, other than it's 9.30, and it'd be great to catch both shows. Go to yeah. The Body is Not an Apology, and then head out at the Vancouver East Cultural Center, and then head on over to the Wise Hall for The Late Show, which starts at 9.30. And we've got 10 poets and a nine-piece band performing uh, the Spice Girls' Spice album, and the poets will be performing in between songs. Poets such as Betsy Warland, Mighty Mike McGee, Fiona Tinway Lamb, uh, Lisa Webster, and uh, a bunch of others who are in the competition, so I'm not allowed to say their names. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll all be there, so uh, come check it out if I'm you Arana. can. Um, um, if, sorry, if people want to get a hold of you, Rabbit, how do they do that? And best, if you're willing best, to. Best way is Twitter. I am at Rabbit Richards, spelled exactly how you think. And so tomorrow, the Canadian Individual Poetry Slam Championships that you were in town for last year, which is how we met, but you're not competing this year. That's right. So there is uh, Thursday and Friday night with the finals on Saturday night. And then after the bouts tomorrow night, there's also another late night show that starts at 10 o'clock at the Wise Hall with Sherry D. Wilson launching her album and her book. And then uh, it's part of Mighty Mike McGee and Friends. Cool. I'm R.C. Weslowski. I'm Pamela Bentley. And our guest today has been Rabbit Richards here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?